Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, the podcast where current and aspirational entrepreneurs can learn skills and get inspired to take their business to the next level. I'm Ellen Barton, and today we have a guest who's a business leader and speaker. She helps others, um, especially women, amplify their brands and hone their speaking skills. Linda Ugala, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellen, for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you as well. You know, obviously we've spoken and I've been researching the work you do. I think it's terrific. One of the things I wanted to start off with um, talking to you about is public speaking, because you coach people on public speaking. Many of us have a big fear around this topic. Is um, speaking for the public something that you yourself have always been comfortable with? Actually, I used to be terrified. It was something I would actively avoid, other than working with my students in the my dance classes that I taught for a couple of decades. I would avoid speaking about my classes. So I never used speaking as something to, you know, um, spread the idea of using dance or movement in our lives, which I, you know, looking back now, I think, why didn't I do that? It would have been great, but I was terrified. Mm, So then how did you go from a terrified person that's trying to avoid public speaking to someone who's very successful at it and coaches others. How does that happen? I know. Well, you know, we teach what we needed to learn. And actually, I I didn't even realize it was a problem for me until many years later. I've been a, a performer for almost four decades now. I'm part of a women's world music group. And in that I sing and play instruments and I've danced. And even though dancing was something I loved and it was like my forte and that was my thing, I was always very self-conscious until I did a program in um, called Authentic Movement. And it was I did a master's degree in this. And this program helped me to become completely comfortable being seen, completely comfortable with people watching me. And I got to this place in my performing that we could be anywhere in the world. I could have like TV cameras of national Moroccan TV or national Bulgarian TV on me as I was dancing. And I felt as comfortable as if I was by myself. And in fact, having people watch me felt even supportive. It allowed me to go even deeper into what I was doing in the movement. And that was an epiphany for me that I could get to a place where I could feel completely free and unhindered and unburdened and unworried. And it was in contrast to that ease that I felt in my movement that I started to wonder, well, why don't I feel that with my singing and why am I terrified to introduce a song? But I'm a good performer and I would fake it and I would push through the fear. And when I, years later, when I decided to become an online entrepreneur and I was looking at, well, what am I going to bring to the online space? I, I knew it probably would have something to do with mindset 
And the first thing that came to me is, you know, helping people feel happier with their lives. But a friend introduced to me this very obvious idea of, Linda, why don't you help people with stage presence? Because you have all this performing experience. And when I look at you on stage, I think, I want what Linda has. And I laughed at her and I said, what am I going to just help people like stand there and smile, <laughs> you know? And I said, because I am not that comfortable speaking. And she said, well, think about it. And I did. And I, I thought, well, maybe the good thing about it is that it was very specific, but I knew I had my own learning to do. And what helped me to meet my aha moment was putting myself out there in a big way. And the way I did it was with Periscope, which was an online live streaming app on the telephone. It was before you had Facebook live streaming. It was 2015. And what I heard about Periscope is that you could, it was such a new platform and it had a lot of buzz. And all you had to do was get on every day and share your, you know, whatever you were into and you build a following. And I thought, wow, that sounds so cool. I'm going to do this. And I was so undeterred and it was so terrifying. It was like every day having a heart attack. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I was determined. And after a week of, you know, like every time I'd go on to press broadcast, I would have to go through this whole routine of, okay, I'm going to do jumping jacks. Okay, now I'm going to meditate. I'm going to relax. I'm going to breathe. How can I reframe this? How can I, like, how can I, like, is there a stone, a uh, crystal I can hold to help me feel more relaxed and calm? I managed to get on every day till about, I think, day 75. And then I thought to myself, wow, I am still afraid. After two and a half months wow. of doing this every day, um, my heart is still feeling like it's going to rip out of my chest. It's racing so fast. Like, what can I do about this? And what, what on earth is going on here? And I decided to just take a pause. I literally said to myself, okay, Linda, just step back for a minute. What's going on? And I thought about, what does this even feel like, this terror that I have? And it felt like I was going to get attacked. And I thought, okay, Linda, when have you gotten attacked? And then I thought, well, your sisters attacked you. You know, they, whenever mom put me in the center of attention and said, why can't you girls be more like Linda? They would gang up on me. And I suddenly had this epiphany that, oh my God, I'm holding on to this thing after all these years that it's dangerous and risky to be the center of attention. No wonder why I can't stand in front of the camera without having a heart attack because there's a part of me that's thinking, remember, this isn't safe. Mm, isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And then once I, once I realized that, I thought, oh, what else is there? And what, well, first of all, it was like, I've got to fix this memory because this is, I don't want this to be activated. And I started to do different kinds of techniques to clear it away. I do something called EFT, which is emotional freedom technique. Some people know it as tapping. I did all kinds of forgiveness, forgiving them, forgiving my mom, forgiving myself. And I just kind of like combed through my whole history 
trying to think what else is lurking around in that like mental closet of mine that could be impacting the way, the comfort that I could otherwise feel being seen and heard. And in a very short time, I think it was maybe a week, I felt a completely different person on camera. I felt present. I felt relaxed. I felt happy. I didn't have the same symptoms of my racing heart and my dry mouth and my sweaty hands. And I thought to myself, this is amazing. <laughs> and I wonder if this would work with other people. Because, I mean, I had my personal stories and everybody has their own. So I started to work with some other people to see if it would make an impact. And it did. And I only was at the beginning, it was just video, people who are on video or on live stream. And then someone came to me who wanted to get over her fear of public speaking. And I thought, well, I don't know if it'll work, but let's give it a try. And it did. And then I realized, you know what, this is about life. You know, this, the, these things unburdening ourselves from the past that has changed the way we think about ourselves, the way we look at the world, the way we look at safety and our ability to have the attention upon us. You know, it occurs in all ways in our lives. And it's not just about public speaking. It's not just about getting on video, but it's how we move through the world world without fear. So do, do you find that everybody has a, some kind of story or another around this? Oh, yes, they do. And it, it's kind of surprising because at first I thought, oh, it's all about, you know, the wounds, the core, the negative experiences. And last year I started to get clients who had a very different story. They were clients who were always the best in school. They weren't the ones who were bullied. They were the ones who were, you know, top of their class. They got, they had nourishing home life. They, you know, had loving families. And it was like, they said, so I don't know what's going on. But then all of a sudden we realized that it was precisely like the being punished by perfection and being punished by having done well in a system that is rewarding you for always being right never being wrong, never making mistakes, and how how difficult it is to experiment and be naturally yourself when you're trying to uphold that perfect score. And that can be as much of a tyranny as feeling like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because when you get attached to always being right, then when somebody's not happy with what you've done, when someone disagrees with what you've done, when you always were used to everybody liking you, and it's it's tough. It's it's like you have to learn how to you have to give your learn how to give yourself permission to not be perfect, to not need everybody liking you. That's something that people who never had that in the first place have learned to deal with. But when you're used to being always the best and always being admired by others, you don't want to take any risks that are going to demote you. Mm -hmm. You know what else is people who are pleasers, you know, people who are used to making everybody happy and doing, um, being the good girl or, you know, 
yeah, whatever. Exactly. Getting to that point where you're okay with everybody not liking you or liking what you have to say, because I know plenty of people that are almost like chameleons, like they'll adopt the opinions and tone of any group that they're in, but mm-hmm. it's developing that sense of self and not needing the approval of the group. That's a big step in, in personal development. It's a very big step, and it's a big step as an entrepreneur as well, because it's very tempting to feel like you are, you're doing well if people like you, you know, there's Mm -hmm. all this stuff with social media, how many likes and how many responses. But if you think about the world, you can't service the whole world, you only can really serve the people who are best suited to your style, what you you know, your message, your skill set, your personality. And the more that you can allow yourself to express who you really are, the better you will get at attracting the people who are just meant for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's hard. I mean, I've, I've known that. I've had that message in my mind for years, but I think it takes a while for us to really trust that and that we don't want everyone to like us. I mean, not that we want people, we, it's not like we want people to hate us, but that when people can self-select out, that's a good thing because then Mm. we can really focus on serving those people who like really serving well, the people who want what we have Mm -hmm. to offer, want where, where we can take them as, which is something that Seth Godin talks about in his new book. Have you read his new book? This is marketing. I haven't, I haven't, but I have it on my bedside table. So it's on the pile. Oh, <laughs> and, it is, and, it's great. And this is one of, I, I recommend this book for just this point of how to like really own and trust the benefits of, of just serving a small, what he calls the smallest viable community or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's great. So, Linda, let me ask you a question. I know a lot of times um, you work with women, not exclusively with women, but oftentimes you work with women. And I have a theory that women, um, not always, but sometimes, we are taught and trained and culturally um, acclimated, I guess, to downplaying our accomplishments Um you know, deflecting compliments, giving credit to the team, not necessarily to ourselves. Um, all these habits that actually can be a detriment if you're trying to build your business or build your career, we need to learn how to retrain ourselves to um, be better at claiming our voice, claiming our accomplishments, and all of that. But, um, I was wondering if you run into that with people who you're training to speak publicly because not only is there a fear factor of getting in front of the crowd, but there's also this um, element of having to be confident enough in what you're saying and in claiming your own greatness in a way. You know, do women have a problem with that? Absolutely. And you, you hit it on the head that it is part of the culture. This is what we've been taught this is what we've absorbed that it's immodest to talk about ourselves it's it could be arrogant and these are beliefs 
and the beliefs that we've adopted are one of the things that we need to examine if we want to have confidence being in front of people, if we want to have confidence on camera, or if we want to have confidence um, simply being a leader. Because it, what we are trying to do, our super objective, which is to be uh, take leadership roles, is in direct conflict with those beliefs. And so if we are living by those beliefs and we have this other objective, they are it creates ambivalence in front inside us. It's like we want to take that role, but no, no, we shouldn't do that. That's not a good thing to do. And I think it, even though these things are well-meaning, the idea of, you know, don't show, don't brag or don't be, we've all seen people who are very braggocious or arrogant and we think, no, it's not very tasteful. It's kind of obnoxious. I don't want to be like that. But what I have noticed is that people who are truly arrogant are arrogant because they don't have a sense of self-compassion and self-love. It's out of insecurity that they try to puff themselves up. And it's usually like, oh, I'm better than other people. Look at me, I'm so great. Whereas when you come from a place of self-love and self-appreciation, it is a different kind of a feeling. It's like, I appreciate this in myself and it's something that I can help others with. So it's it doesn't come across with it's better than or I'm better than you. It's more like this is this is something I'm proud of. This is something I can feel good about and I maybe worked hard or maybe it comes naturally to me. But as when you are a client or you're looking for someone to help you solve a problem, you want someone who is confident in what they are doing. Like if you if you were looking to get help in public speaking and and you came to me and I said, well, I, I guess I could do something like this to help you. I'm not quite sure. I mean, you would say, I don't know if I want to work with Linda. She's not very confident. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you want to be insincere or be out of integrity. But if you feel like you have something that you do well, it's you owe it. You have a responsibility to share it with those who it can help. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you are keeping yourself from being of service. Mm, that's a great way to look at it. And that's a way I think will resonate with women, um, probably men too, but I, I feel like that's... Um, that's a good way to reframe um, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I really liked what you said about when you were on Periscope and you did 75 um, consecutive broadcasts. You were still nervous. But the more you do this, the more you get yourself out there and, and practice speaking, surely um, the easier it gets. And there's organizations like Toastmasters or Rotary Clubs where you can speak. Um, there's places where you can practice. But do you have any other um, tips for someone who maybe isn't accustomed to speaking in public and suddenly finds that they have to do it? Um, is there any you know, quick top few tips that you can give us? I have a lot of tips that I can offer that will help you in the moment. But truthfully, what I have found is the quickest way to get, if you're looking to get over your fear, is to clear out the things that are making it feel unsafe and to 
really identify that and address them and mm. just fold them up. It's kind of like clearing out the clutter of your closet because you can, in fact, over years get comfortable speaking. And I think it's because eventually you gather enough evidence that this is safe, but it takes a long time because every every time you get up to speak, it's like the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that's the reptile brain, is on alert. It's not a rational thing. So unless you really, you know, what I say is I shortcut people's journey to confidence because, you know, rather than, you know, five or six years, I can help somebody in five or six weeks Mm. to get over that hump. I mean, really, it's like cleaning out the closet. Once you have cleaned out the closet, when you do any of these things that I'm going to share with you in a moment, then these, these practices become ways of getting yourself in alignment and really uh, putting yourself into the space of being the best you can. Whereas when you use them, when you are afraid, what it does is it helps you manage the fear, which is fine. Use them for that. But if you really are feeling like you want to become a leader and not be held back, not be hindered, be able to you know, if somebody presents an opportunity, you want to be able to say yes and not think, oh, God, you know, what did I just say without, you know, inviting that dread and ambivalence to come up. Then you are really best served by taking the the time and taking the effort to whether it's working with somebody else or working on your your own or or or, you know, working with me, that you will be better served to help others because you won't, because there, there are downsides to speaking with fear. What happens is that you, first of all, it's very distracting. So you really can't express yourself as comfortably as you would like to. You can't think very clearly because when you're in fight or flight, your brain freezes and it's, it's really just not fun. And why live our lives doing things that we don't enjoy doing? So, That being said, let me give you some suggestions of what you can do. One, the most powerful thing is visualization. And the reason why visualization is so powerful is that it pre-paves the neuropathways in our brain and our body to respond in a particular way. So, for instance, if you take some time to envision how you want to feel when you're speaking or how you want to feel when you're on camera or when you're in a meeting or you're on a podcast, then you are able, then your body feels like it's actually doing it and you're doing it in a, in a way that your, your body is relaxed and feeling open and rather than tense and closed So when you're in fear, of course, you're kind of contracted and your body is closed. And when you're in confidence and ease, your body is relaxed. So that's why visualization is great, because you're imagining it while relaxing your body. And in fact, um, at the end, if it's okay, I have a gutted visualization I can share with your audience. Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I'll give you the the link to that. So that that is number one. There are, you can do affirmations 
Affirmations are tricky because if you don't believe them, they're not going to work. So what you need to do is find words and phrases that when you say them, they give you that feeling that I just described, that feeling of openness, that feeling of power, that feeling of ease. So if it's neutral or you feel like, nah, then it's not a good phrase to use right. and don't waste your time. And so the third thing I would do is something that's physical. I like to, I personally like to dance, as you know, I always love dancing. So for me to put on something inspiring and move my body does a couple of things. It, it kind of, if you have any kind of jitteriness, it gives the jitters a place to go. And it also, again, with, with this whole idea of um, neuroscience and repatterning yourself, when you are moving your body in a way that has ease or strength or confidence, then you are telling yourself, you are giving evidence to yourself that you, that's how you feel. And it is how you feel. It's like you are shifting your state of being. So that's what we want to be able to do ultimately is shift into the state of being that is desired. Mm, great tips. Thank you. But, but, you know, with the caveat that addressing the core issues are really the way to go and then utilizing these, these great tips. So thank you for that too, Linda. This is really revealing and interesting. Oh, great. Because, yeah, so it's an issue that so many people cope with and deal with or don't cope with. I, I probably misstated that. It's, it's a, an issue that many people grapple with. Let's, let's leave it with that. Right, <laughs> I think that right. that's absolutely accurate. But, yeah. um, but I kind of want to shift topics here and talk about your show. You have this show called Women Inspired, where you interview women who are successful from different industries and backgrounds. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Women Inspired was a... Actually, it was a one of those other aha moments where I personally was looking to get on TV. I was in a publicity mastermind where we learned about how to pitch to magazines and do guest blogging and podcasts. And I had had pretty good success in all those areas. And the unexplored territory was TV. And I made a pact with myself that by the end of 2016, I would get on TV. So I diligently searched the web for local TV shows. And after two hours, I got frustrated. I thought, I can't find anything for women or for entrepreneurs or even business in general. And my God, I should start a show so that women who, you know, can get exposure and they can get experience on TV. So that was actually the genesis of it. I called up my local station and they just happened to have a spot that I could use. And I started the following week. Oh, and wow. what I, what I love about it is number one, I get to meet really wonderful people. I love just like you're doing with me now. I love interviewing people and getting to, you know, understand what makes them tick and what makes things work. You know, the more we listen to people's stories, the more we we get information about how we can make our lives and our businesses work better. And so I, I just adore, you know, having this this place in my life where I get to interview people 
And and also it's a way of growing my own network. You know, it's like it's intimate to have a half hour conversation with people. I like seeing people face to face and it gives people a a TV experience, which I'm totally delighted to offer to people, you know, so then they can take this experience. And if they want to do more TV, they have, you know, something they can show other TV stations. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic that you were able to create that. And then what what types of people do you invite onto your show? It has varied. I I talk with artists, with healers, with change makers and entrepreneurs. I'd say the majority are entrepreneurs, but I it's been everything from business coaches to uh, organize professional organizers of people who work with more like energy healers. I've had several on. I've had people who work in climate change, people who work with helping people with disabilities dance again. It's it's really has a broad, broad range. I think now, though, I am looking to bring on people who also cross over with my business. So I'm particularly interested in people who work with women who work with empowerment issues, maybe cross over with visibility or speaking in some way so that I can also use the show to help give value to my audience. Mm, yeah, that's, that sounds that sounds brilliant, Linda. Thank Very you. Very good plan. <laughs> yeah. So, so what else is coming up for you in 2019? What, what big plans do you have for your business? I'm writing a book. (laughs) You are. What's your book about? It's called Delight in the Limelight. And Mm. it's about how to overcome your fear so you can really express yourself wherever and with whomever you want. Um, Yeah, it's, it's along the lines of things that we were discussing today. And it's a writing is a fascinating process. (laughs) It's a lot of work. And it's it's another thing for me to kind of get my brain wrapped around on. I feel like a lot of the processes that I've helped myself in around speaking and empowering myself in speaking, I've had to use to change my relationship with the written word. Mm, interesting. Do you know when your book is coming out? I don't exactly. I don't have a publication date. It will most likely be early, like a year from now, early 2020. Wonderful. Well, we will look out for that. And, um, yeah, it was great talking with you today. What's a good way for people to get in touch with you? Well, I hope that people would be interested in downloading my free guided visualization for speaking confidence. And they can get that at lindayugelow.com. That's U-G-E-L-O-W, lindayugelow.com forward slash speaking confidence. And otherwise, people can just Google my name and find me on every platform. Oh, wonderful. You know, I'll put your links also on the show notes page if people are um, having issues spelling it or or just want to, you know, take the easy way. I'll have a list of them all there as well as a link to that um, visualization because I can't wait to check that out myself. So Great. Thank you. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I hope it was really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I, uh, I learned a lot, and I'm sure the listeners did as well. So thank you for being here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. My guest was Linda Ugalow, and you can find out more about her and get all those links on our website, ellenbarton.com. So check that out and tune in again next week for another episode of this podcast, Ready, Set, Grip, that's designed to help your business make a dynamic upward pivot. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.